beautiful dream. Stopping the wheel. You're not the first person who's ever dreamt it. I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. What's up, everybody? This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, broadcasting all over the AM frequencies, hanging out with my little brother, Nico. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's me. That's you. And we're just doing the Nerd Thug Radio thing. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going pretty well. This has been a productive week, I feel like. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to have to check the uh, annals of history. I don't think you've ever said that before. Hmm. That's probably true. I don't think you've ever actually said that before. Uh, it could possibly be like one other time, and it was for something real dumb. So <laughs> wouldn't put it past me to say I did something productive. Uh, yeah, no, you might have said uh, like this was a productive week because I did two things. Right. But, but this is you saying that it is a productive week. Correct. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think we've ever heard you say that before. Yeah, that's news to me too. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, so I couldn't help it. I clicked on the link we were talking about off the air. Uh, the ABC 2020 Home Sweet Murder. Okay, oh, I clicked on it. it. Love it. Uh, the, I went ahead and paused it so we could do this. So I got to watch like the first two minutes and three seconds, it says. Uh, yeah, she did it. She definitely did it. Like, she's crazy. Uh <laughs> but why, Corey? They put a picture of her up, and immediately I was like, "Yeah, she killed. She killed a lot of people." Yeah, <laughs> that's tough, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yep, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Sometimes, and I don't know that this is actually true. Like walking around, but sometimes even on TV, when they pretty someone up to try and be like, "Okay, look normal. We're gonna we're gonna really sell this for you." Uh, not so much. Or they go like the other way, where they're like, "All right, don't worry, this is gonna be a normal picture of you," and they like get you like in between frames, and it's like, "Ooh, look at the eye twitch! Ooh, this guy's crazy!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of that too. Like, it's just not a, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. Whatever gets the views. I watched uh, the, uh, I think it was the Amanda Knox documentary, um, on Netflix, and like. It's crazy, <laughs> like the reporter they bring in on that one. He sounds like a crazy person. Yeah, sometimes the reporters are a little out there too. But like, like he's like, well, obviously this has happened. He was like, I was just getting the story, but he's like actively ruining a person's life. Yeah, the the Amanda uh, Knox one was a weird one. So that so, correct me if I'm wrong. That's the case where the woman, the girl, was in, in Italy. Yeah. And she wakes up to her boyfriend is dead, or the boyfriend killed a girl in their room. Ooh, not even close. Uh, her roommate was murdered. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, they they made some weird allegations about like her boyfriend and her and the roommate were in like a a, a thruple. Yeah. So like the 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 reporting was like, oh, it was like a, she was like a crazy. Like, like side lover or something. Yeah, but like in actuality, it was like there. She's like. 19 or 18 at this point yeah and it's like and then she falls in love with like this like italian uh like actual nerd like they show they show a picture of him. he's not like an attractive guy he's got like glasses shaggy hair like a total nerd like and it's just them two. 
YouTube, yeah. you get a famous girl. I mean, she becomes famous for getting someone murdered, but YouTube right. become her. Yeah, and like it was her roommate because they get there and they're like they find her roommate's body after she'd been murdered. And so they came like, in together and they find the roommate. Yeah. Okay. So then, who did it then? If it wasn't them, it was it was like some other guy who. Oh, it's always some other guy. That's convenient. That's well, he was convenient. he was already like a criminal. He had already broken into people's homes and stolen things. Oh, and okay, so a so lot of people were like, so he probably just broke in. Then there was someone there, so he killed them. <laughs> that's a weird escalation, though. Like, I mean, it come, was it was a it was like a brutal say, thing. <laughs> how come people don't ever say like he broke in, he saw someone was there, and just left? I mean, I guess it's because that's what makes him criminals, but like. At the same time, it's a weird promotion to a job, right? Like, oh yeah, for sure. Like, if it's one thing or another, where it's like, oh no, he comes in. It's like if you're like, and like that's like the value of it, right? Like, how much do you value things? Yeah, yeah. Because like for me, like if someone broke in and they in like they asked, they're like, hey, I'm stealing this. Okay, yeah, that's fine, man. I got insurance. Don't even. Yeah, you like. I mean, like, Don't it depends it, on what they're taking. Like, oh, but the TV, you're like, whatever. Get another TV. It's not a big deal. Your money is not worth your life until you know. Until it is. Until it is. But that's that's sort of what happens, though, right? Like, you know, you see the oh, man delivering. I see the signs on the door where it's like, "We don't call nine one one." And yeah, it's like, well, what picture if of you... a gun in the the, the window? Yeah. But it's like, what if you need it to like? Is this like a hard policy? Are you going to change your mind when like you feel outnumbered? Like, how's it work? Yeah, I don't know. And it's I'm sure odd. that I'm sure that thing will be like, yeah, I've called nine one. My house is burning down. It's like, why don't you just shoot the fire? That would yeah, solve your problems. Shoot it. That remember, you don't call nine one one. I really, <laughs> I don't wish this, but I almost kind of wish like nine one one would get there and then be like, oh, sir, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this was clearly a mistake. We have the wrong house. Like, I want the more extremist version of that. Like, emergency services, I don't need them. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it has, like, pictures of, like, a gun, a fire extinguisher, uh, like, the little hospital cross. It it would be more interesting, like, if it was a doctor who did it. Because then it could be like, okay, well, I guess I have the... Remember when doctors carried a bag that had all their stuff in it? Like, in the Wild West? Did did doctors do that? Oh, I guess I'm like, if you're just in the Wild West, I guess... <laughs> Yeah, they used to have, like, you know, if you're watching something that's, like, based in, like, the 40s or 30s or something, like, the the doctor would be like, bring me my bag, and it would have, like, opium in it and a scalpel or something. I don't know. I mean, I feel like that was just a, a good excuse. I, You know, in my opinion, all, <laughs> all old-timey doctors were just drug addicts with a lot of medical knowledge. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's super fair. Um, well, the number of drug addicts was probably super high. <laughs> The war on drugs was really a war on poor people because everyone liked drugs back then. I mean, Coca-Cola's primary ingredient. Coca-Cola had three grams of Coke in a bottle. Cocaine. It's a lot. It it sounds like a lot. Like, that sounds like a party. Right. I mean, I feel like, especially because it's for one person. It's a single serving one. What if you had two? <laughs> yeah, like, it's a glass bottle of Coca-Cola. Like, it's not for a bunch of people. Like, you're not handing it out. So, yeah, you got to think about that, too. Terrible. All terrible. Um, also, I feel like you could solve a lot of problems with, like, scalpel stitches and, like, a bunch of drugs. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's how, they, that's how they put everyone back together. That's 
That's literally the ingredients to putting someone back together. Like, Corey, how did you get better after that car accident? Well, after the surgery, it was it was stitches and drugs. Like that was <laughs> that's actually not true. I actually got off the drugs very very quickly because I was getting like uh, they had me on the good stuff, and I was getting the worst uh, drug dreams. Like it's good. Could not sleep because I had these crazy, vivid, weird drugs. Obviously, I was sleeping because I had these dreams, but like they they felt so real that like I kept waking up like not sure where I was. That's how powerful the drug dreams were. And I was like, I um, I I, I don't need to stop this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I need all of this. I was like, I can't, I can't do like a week of this. I need. Can we can we lower these? And to be fair. I hurt real bad. <laughs> yeah. As I was coming down from all of these is when they wanted to start. It was like the first two, three days. And I was like, no, I need I need off the drugs. I asked the nurses and they're like, yeah, we'll see what the doctor says. I told the doctors like, I really want to. And he was like, I mean, they're just for pain management. So you do whatever you want. That's fine. Just, I'll tell you, what, I'll regulate this. So as long if you push the button, you get some, but if you don't push the button, you don't get any. So if you don't want any, don't push the button. I was like, all right, okay, cool. And, uh, then all the PT people started showing up because I hadn't moved for three days, right? Because I had surgery and then all the stuff. And so they're just moving me around. And I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm not on any pain meds. So, like, you're really hurting. <laughs> and they were like, oh, well, push the button. It's right there. I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, that's, that's the whole, like, whole rigmarole, guys. <laughs> yeah. The whole point is to not push the button. And they're like, oh. Okay, well, we're going to keep moving you around. I was like, great. Okay, cool. Right, fantastic. Thank you. Just, just do that then. That's fine. <laughs> like medicine, the efficient machine. But Jesus. <laughs> yeah, man. It was it was weird. I had, a, I had a weird dream about shipping. Like shipping is in like sending stuff or shipping is yes. in being on a boat? Shipping is in sending stuff. <laughs> All right. It was the weirdest. I, I swear to God, this is this is a very true story. I, I we sh- at the time I worked at a warehouse and I worked mm-hmm. in the receiving department of a warehouse. Oh, okay. And, this is making more sense now. You're connecting it in the brain. <laughs> but the dream that I had was that we were trying. Someone had shipped us a demon in a box. Oh, that's that's this is getting metaphysical. <laughs> And we didn't want to open it, and we were trying to ship it somewhere else, and nobody else would take it. But, like, in the meantime, we're doing everything we can to keep the box closed. We're, like, duct taping it and stuff. (laughs) We were like, don't let it out. Don't open the box. And people kept coming back to see it. Like, you guys have a demon in a box back here? We like, like oh. it's a cool like yeah oh, man, that's kind of neat yeah I can't believe they accepted on the U.S. post office that's crazy yeah. like like two guys are sitting and having coffee in the front of the building and they're like you have a demon in the box in the back and someone's like what that's crazy it got through customs let me go check this out that can't be right <laughs> someone else is like did you order a demon I'm sending a hot email out like. Quick, see if anyone else wants this. <laughs> that was what we were doing. <laughs> we were like, we gotta get this thing off site. And nobody would take the demon in a box. I don't know why. But I kept waking up in the middle of this dream. And like, I'm still laying in bed in the hospital. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, 
we got to get rid of this box. But then I'm like, I can't move. <laughs> You're like, I'm physically stuck. I can't do anything about this demon body. And like, I would wake up and be in the hospital bed and still be thinking and worried about shipping the box for like 20 minutes. And then my head would kind of clear up a little bit, but then I would fall back asleep and be right back to trying to ship the box out. Oh, it was like the continuing dream. Oh, that's terrifying. It was like a it was like a solid probably half a day of trying to ship this box out. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. It was so weird. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> that's a long time in, in Dreamville. Oof. Yeah, especially like, because like nobody we were calling people, people would be like they would hang up on us or they'd be like, I'm sorry, we can't do that. And then they would hang up like it was Sorry, we don't accept demon shipped in boxes. <laughs> like people were just like, "You've got a what? No, I don't, no, no, you can't ship that here." <laughs> and then, like, like the woes of logistics. <laughs> <laughs> and then other people were like, "Just lie about it. Just don't tell them there's a demon in it." And you're like, "That's illegal." <laughs> yeah, no. I was like, "No, they have to know. We can't just ship it blind. That's messed up." Because then they'll open it trying to figure out what it is. <laughs> it was a mess. Trying to do this as safely as possible. Like, got to contact the one with an exorcist. Like, right. quick, do you know anyone? Like, why would, why would it just, I? It just felt like, I was like, it's like at the end of the day when you get home, it's like, how was work? You're like, ugh. Had this demon in a box today. Nobody wanted it. Just... Phone call after phone call. And it called so many people, no one wanted it. Todd from accounting kept coming down, poking the box. It was just... Yeah. She kept trying draw... to open it. They heard the whispers. I don't know what to tell you anymore. <laughs> we had to draw a pentagram in chalk on the concrete floors again. Like, He's surrounded ugh. by salt. And, like, everything we could. <laughs> like, we were, like, chanting at it and stuff to keep it in. It was, yeah. like, it was so weird. It was so weird. Uh, that's, that's drug dreams, guys. Um, yeah, it's a full, full of regular anxieties. It was, because like, it was like, I mean, really, if you break down, I was like freaking out about work, like, but also I was on drugs. So. <laughs> but also I was on drugs. Right. Oh, man. All right, we're going to jump out to a break. We come back. We got a lot more stuff coming up. This episode is going to be about nostalgia. I've got two things I'm going to talk about in the next segment that are going to bring back the 90s. Ooh. What's up, Night Owls? Corey DLG here. Wanted to make sure you guys know about the weekly schedule of The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more right up there at 525 Woodland Square, Suite 130 in Conroe. Every Monday, they're painting miniatures, and on Tuesday, they're rotating between Digimon or Dragon Ball. On Wednesday, they have Yu-Gi-Oh! On Friday, they do casual Star Wars play of almost every type of game, including Legion and X-Wing Fighter, and of course, Magic the Gathering and Warhammer on Saturdays. Make sure to go to The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more, where all the nerds hang out. Alright, nerds, let me tell you guys about a good friend of the show, an 11-year veteran who served in Iraq as a sniper, and then became one of the coolest jobs in the world. In 2008, he got licensed to be a private investigator, a bounty hunter. I'm talking about Scorpion Investigations. Dot com. Everything from proof of infidelity to sweeping a home or business for bugs, microphones, cameras, bounty honey, and even doing some bail bonds work. ScorpionInvestigations.com is who you need to contact for your security needs and background checks. ScorpionInvestigations.com 
Hey guys, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, just letting you know that your party is not complete unless you're using the Sincere Smiles Photo booth. Go to SincereSmilesPhoto.com and go ahead and make a reservation there for a photo booth to have at your party. It comes with all kinds of props and fun things. It can print or even make digital photos for you. And most importantly, if you mention the Nerd Thug Radio ad, you get an additional hour for free when making your reservation. SincereSmilesPhoto.com, the photo booth for your party. Welcome back to Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here all over your AM frequencies, blasting out all weekend, doing the Nerd Thug thing. Um, yeah, so I made a promise. I said we're gonna. this episode's going to wind up being about the 90s. Uh, one thing that's been airing all, one thing's been airing for a few weeks now on Hulu is a show called Pam and Tommy. Okay. Have you, do you know anything about this? No, not a clue. Okay. It is about um, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, the drummer from, uh, oh God, I can't believe I'm blanking on it. Crazy 80s band. They were huge. He sold like, they sold like 10 million, 12 million records. They were, they were a really, really big deal. And Tommy Lee was a massive fixture in pop culture in the late 90s, early 2000s, because he was this. He was the previous era of music. He was like the king of the bad boys from that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, granted, there's probably a lot of people who would disagree with that. But uh, Motley Crue. He was with Motley Crue. That's who it is. Okay. God, I was blanking on that. Um, anyway, so he's part of the biggest rock band in the history of rock and roll. And then all of a sudden, grunge music shows up. And they're basically overnight gone. Done. Um, but he meets Pam Anderson and falls in love with her. And immediately, the story picks up with they're remodeling their house, and Tommy Lee gets mad at them because he keeps making changes, and the contractors keep billing him for the changes, and he feels like they're screwing him over because nothing's ever finished. Mm -hmm. But he's making huge changes. Like, he moves the bed from one end of the room to the other, and it's this custom bed that has to be custom-framed and custom-built out. Uh, Then he changes it from just a regular bed to a water bed. So, like, I mean, there's all these just, like, massive changes that he keeps making. And they're like, um, that's going to be another, like, $5,000. Like, and Tommy Lee keeps telling him, money's no object. Um, like, he writes it on a note and just keeps pointing it at him. Okay. Um, what winds up happening is one of the contract he fires the contractors because he feels like things aren't getting done fast enough. One of the contractors breaks into the house and and steals a safe that he had seen multiple times. Mm -hmm. What turns out in the safe is a sex tape that Pam and Tommy made on their honeymoon of the two of them. All right. Uh, And then the sex, and then he, he's a, he has contacts in the adult film industry. So, first they shop the tape like they want to sell it. And the adult film industry is basically like, celebrity sex tapes don't sell. Uh, you can't do anything because you don't have the releases, blah, blah, blah. However, this is 1999. There's a little something called the internet that's happening. Oh, here it is. So, they make a website. And they base it out of a company in Switzerland. And they start direct mailing the tape to people who pay 40 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever it is. Yeah. Suddenly they're making thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. 
selling the sex tape. Suddenly, though, the sex tape, this is the first time something goes viral. The sex tape basically takes on a life of its own. Um, other people buy the tape from them and then start using that to make more copies and selling those copies bootleg. Oh, uh, yeah, this story's got everything. <laughs> so all of a sudden, the, the tape is everywhere. And then the guy who found it, Seth Rogen, his character, he's not getting any money from it. He, The partner goes to Switzerland where the money is and doesn't come back. They borrowed like five grand from the mob to get the operation off the ground. And so the guy, he's not, he's sort of the mob. He's like mob affiliated. Well, now mm-hmm. that guy shows up because the deal he made was I get my five, my five grand back plus interest, but I also get 15% of every tape. Uh, well, he's walking around minding his own business. So all of a sudden the tape is everywhere. And so he's like, wait a minute, where's my cut of everything? So the only person he can get a hold of though is broke Seth Rogen, who is crashing on his ex girlfriend's couch at the time. Fantastic! This whole thing just like spirals, and so in the meantime, the tape is breaking. Pam Anderson is trying to transition from TV star to movie star. She makes the movie Barbed Wire. The studio's 100% behind it. They put in the whole release. You know, it's one of those ones where they did all the the whole tour where she interviews like Vanity Fair and everybody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we've already done the press rounds. We're already here. Everything's set. Yeah. Ready to go. Except this sex tape is breaking right as like the, like right before the press tour starts. And so everywhere she goes, she's being dogged by questions of, of, of the sex tape. Because Penthouse Magazine got a hold of a copy of it. Uh, so she got talked into suing them to try and stop them from printing it, printing images from it. They probably weren't going to print images from it, except they got sued to not. And basically, they were kind of put in a corner where it's like, okay, well, if we don't print now, we're letting people dictate what we can or can't print. Which is true. They would be. But legally speaking, that's correct. Um, so they A, opposed the lawsuit, but B, started printing images from it. Also, there's a bitter rivalry between Penthouse Magazine and Playboy Magazine because Pam Anderson is a Playboy girl. Mm-hmm. And these are obviously two massive competitors in that. At the time, they were the only two things in that industry because this is early internet. Yep. So, like, there's all of these things going on at once. There's like, you know, um, but... It's weird watching the show. It's it, first of all, the show is great. Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier, plays Tommy Lee. He's fantastic. Uh, this girl Lily Collins is playing Pam Anderson, and she's beautiful. She really, it she really basically reminds me of Pam Anderson. But what's crazier about the whole thing is I remember this. Like she goes on Leno, and Leno flat out asks her about the tape because he thinks it's a compliment, and she kind of like breaks down for a second, where she's like, "No, it's horrible. Like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me." Um, and she's like, but you know, we'll get through it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like really seeing the story from her current point of view, it's really fascinating to see because like she was a big deal in 13 year old Corey's life. Yeah. 13 <laughs> year old Corey was a big fan of Pam Anderson and the movie Barbed Wire, by the way. Uh, it was just, early- just as a side note. <laughs> yeah. It was an early comic book adaptation and it features a, busty blonde heroine 
trying to do everything she can to fight against uh, post-apocalyptic uh, America and smuggle herself to Canada. Awesome. It's I mean it's it's super cheesy, super bad. Uh, but at the time, thirteen-year-old <laughs> Corey was like, "This is the movie." Um, well, this is obviously the best thing that's ever existed. Yeah, obviously. We we did it, guys. We did it. Um, we truly transcended art. <laughs> it was like moon landing barbed wire. That was like, like 13 of Corey would have explained to you the importance of that. Like, like, yeah, after we put people on the moon, then we put Pam Anderson as barbed wire, and then that was it. We nailed it. We could just stop accomplishing things as a species. We've peaked. We got to the close rock. Everyone will know our greatness. Um, it's on the golden di- on the other half of the golden disc. It's like all of humanity's accomplishments, and the other side is just barbed wire on laser disc. Yeah, it turns out the other side is just a laser disc of the movie barbed wire. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's like, "Wow, that must be a lot of money to do that. That's a good marketing move." Who's got a laser disc player? Nobody. Nobody does. That's right. Uh, They'll figure it out. They're aliens. Yeah. I'll just put a beam on it or something. But yeah, so there's one more episode left that uh, debuts next Wednesday. But I, it has been just amazing to watch because he's trying to just kind of power through all this and be positive. They're trying to have a baby at this point. They're, you know, I think she's mid-20s and he's mid to late 30s. And so, like, he's kind of trying to settle down and he thinks she's just wonderful, like, wholesome thing. Um. But she she has this great monologue in the episode that airs this week where she talks about the judge ruled that obviously Penthouse Magazine has a First Amendment right to print the photos because they became newsworthy because everyone's talking about them. Uh, and she's like, yeah, that's not really the reason why. And the lawyer's like, what's the reason why? And she said, well, they can't say the reason why. And he's like, well, what is it? And she's like, it's because, uh, it's because everyone just thinks that I'm – uh, and she uses a, a mean word for it, but but a floozy. Uh, she's like, because I've been uh, nude before in public, I don't get to I don't get to control who sees my body and when. I'm not in charge of it anymore, and blah, blah blah. And she's really kind of right. Like, there is sort of that element of that as something I think Mia Khalifa goes through these days, where she doesn't want to be viewed as an adult film star anymore, even though that is what she's known for in the public eye. Mm-hmm. There's no transition away from that for, for Mia Khalifa. And she's like, I made like 13 films. I made like 10 grand off of them. And I was like, yeah, I get it. But that's kind of going to be what you're known for. Right. And it's always hard for like, especially like the children of those people too. I've never even thought about that. Like their entire lives. Like they didn't even do anything. You're saying they don't, they don't want to be known as the child of the adult film star? Yeah, but they're going to for the rest of their lives. That's true. That's a good point. I never really even obviously, I you know, when you're when you're interacting with that line, that industry, you're not thinking about what their kids are up to, but uh that's a good point though. Like and to be fair, I I don't have a I don't have a really great opinion of Mia Khalifa, but it's not because she made films, it's because of how she's kind of interacted with the media and stuff since then. She gets really upset when interviewers in their intro mention at all that she did adult films and it's like we you have like it's part of the bio like i don't know which like i don't know what she wants them to introduce her as otherwise right and like 
if it, it like if you're doing something else you have to be known like you have to be you have to like overcome yourself almost right yeah for yeah because you're re- if you're trying to rebrand yourself you have to make them forget about the other thing and that's something Mia Khalifa has always struggled with and part of that is because sex is still a powerful part of her imagery like she still has a massive Instagram where she for the most part is just posing in pictures not necessarily scandalous but still trying to be sexual and still trying to be pretty and all that and like if you want to bank in that industry, that's fine. That's your choice. But that becomes a currency associated with you. Like, you can't then go on a large station to do an interview and not expect them to mention to their audience why their audience might know who you are. Right. Which, I mean, like, it's tough because, like, we've all done things that, like, we're not, you know, happy about in our past. But, like, Framing yourself is really an important part of it, right? Sure. And it doesn't feel good probably when the conversation gets away from you where you're no longer in control of why you're of why they're talking about you. Um and that's probably that's what Pam's talking about in this episode, and that's what Mia Khalifa's talking about in general and other and probably other people too, I just don't know about. But yeah, the truth is like you're not gonna They've lost control of that narrative, and it's really hard to put that particular genie back in its bottle. Um, the number of porn stars I can think of who transitioned into other things after they were known as a porn stars are it's a really small list. I would have said maybe Ron known for just like his pop culture status, but that was still associated with his history. Um, but then he got in trouble for all those rape cases until now. Now he's known for a totally different thing. Right. I mean, I, I guess the way he did it, but in probably the most awful way possible. Yeah, look, it's it's a way, way easier to be like, and this person's terrible. Like, it's way easier to go down than up. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. You're right, yeah. Yeah, now you don't have to mention his film career because you need to mention the fact that he's a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you can be known as like, oh man, this guy was, you know, he was a porn star. And then he murdered a guy. And it's like, oh, so he's a murderer now. Oh, right, man. yeah. We can leave with murderer. Yeah, you don't have to say the other thing anymore. The murderer of former porn star, like. Like, it makes it more storied, but like, that title supersedes the first one. Yeah, let's let's focus on murderer. Nah, no, nah, I think you're right about that. All right, we're going to jump out to a break. we come back, we have just a little bit left of Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. Attention real estate investors. Have you sold properties using seller financing? Call Sal. Do you collect monthly payments from a mortgage note but want a lump sum cash offer? Call Sal. Do you have a rent to own property but want to cash out? Call Sal. We pay cash today for your cash flow assets. If you would like a lump sum offer on your asset, please call Sal. We can present a same day offer so you can get cash in your hands as quickly as possible. Call Sal at M5X Mortgage Note Solutions now. 619-922-0176. 619-922-0176. Corey DLG here of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanted to let you guys know about Dragon's Lair, Houston North. Right there at 21151 State Highway 249, Houston, Texas 77070. The Dragon's Lair has got a full range of comics and games as well as comics, graphic novels, manga, and one of Houston's largest selections of board, card, and miniature gaming. That's Dragon's Lair right there at 249 in Luetta Road. Come hang out. Let them know Nerd Thug Radio sent you. Welcome back to Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. Uh, I guess I do need to point out uh, that on that Hulu thing, I mean, it's worth watching, but there's a ton of nudity. 
a ton of nudity. So just, well, I mean, like I've given the territory. I would assume. Yeah, but I mean, I, in theory, there's probably a lot of ways where they could have filmed it where there wasn't necessarily nudity. Uh, I don't uh, think you know that's a that's hundred percent a fair point. I don't think you understand the level of nudity. At one point, Tommy Lee has a whole conversation with his special place. All right, you know. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about nudity in film. Like it's like such a it, weird thing. But maybe it's because like I'm not really a sexual person, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I'll tell you that. It's literally a conversation between him and it, and like it's talking to him. Like this is like it's like gratuitous. Yeah, on it's camera, like, it's talking it, to him. It's like it's like a what was the show that people were saying? It's like an HBO show. It's got Zendaya in it. Euphoria. Oh yeah. A lot of people are uncomfortable with Euphoria. Yeah, because it's just like the worst about it. Apparently, I haven't seen it, so I can't like level any criticism about it, like in good faith. But I've heard some not good things about it. Well, what's interesting is that a lot of the actresses and actors in it apparently push back against the producers and directors this second season about the scenes in it. Um, I don't know Never. what the show's about. I haven't seen it at all. I do know. This was a big departure for Zendaya from uh, really she was known for her Disney stuff before this. And then she's kind of now she's sort of musician, Spider-Man, other stuff. Um, again, trying to change the narrative about why you know her. Uh, and so she took this really big, daring role that is in no way going to get Disney associated. Um, however, uh, yeah, apparently there's a lot going on. There's a girl uh, who's really kind of taking off fame-wise. I don't, I can't remember her name now that we're sitting here talking about it, which you know, I guess defeats the purpose. Uh, she's a blonde girl from the show, and basically, she's in a ton of stuff with HBO. Like, she's in like two or three different HBO shows. Mm-hmm. One of the other HBO shows she's in, she's being, she's getting all sorts of critical uh, praise, and like the critics are like. You know, oh, she just takes over these scenes and blah, 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 blah. And she gets, she's getting frustrated because she's like, I feel like I'm just as good in Euphoria, but I take my clothes off and therefore no one's watching. Or the critics aren't giving me credit for it. Right. Because it's like, oh, you're not acting anymore because your right. clothes are off. <laughs> Which is not fair. Uh, it's probably actually harder to act naked than it is to act with clothes on. Right. But also, like, it's kind of like almost, I want to say like a triple-edged sword here, because like it's like four different ways you're going to approach this and be like, oh, it's harder to like criticize and act and it not be weird. Yeah, do you want to be the critic who does the nude scenes of shows? like? Yeah, or like looking directly at it and it's like, you know, I think that this placement or like the reason this character is nude or like, because like there's a lot of like implications that you could get into and like you could be weird of like well, this guy's real weird. He's talking a lot about like, yeah, we're spending a lot of time talking about. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> we're spending a lot of time on this sex scene for this guy. Like, what's going on? Yeah, no, and that's you know, you're not wrong. And when when actors are complaining about like gratuity in film, that's always a a really bad sign because it really feels like people are taking advantage of the positions they have. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm trying to look up who this girl is. Uh, and then we'll never know. Sydney Sweeney. That's her name. Yeah. 
she also apparently this is a neater story. She also has a TikTok. She bought like a Bronco during the uh, lockdown, like an older mm-hmm. Bronco, and the TikTok is her learning how to work on and fix on it. Nice. And she didn't like associate the account with her fame at all. And so it starts out, it's just this pretty blonde girl learning how to like, like take like major repairs to it. Like got it up, taking the axle out type stuff. Um, And people started being like, you really look like that girl from that show. And she's like, yeah. (laughs) And now it's kind of caught on that that it is in fact her. They're like, oh, people sometimes are really on face blind. It's impressive to me because it's like the one thing I always have. You do know faces that I can't argue that at all. If I've seen you, if I've seen you in a location before, and I'm like, I'll probably recognize you again. <laughs> You're like my secret weapon for that. Uh, I will, I will 100 admit that I'm always happier by my side when you can be like, oh yeah, yeah, we talked to that guy a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, okay, cool. Because usually I remember the conversations, but I don't remember what they looked like. Mm-hmm. Um. What, what time wise? How are we? How what are we doing? We got like uh, seven ish minutes left. All right. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah. So I turned on Dateline the other day because I, you know me, I like to watch these murder mystery shows. Uh, you and my mom both. Man, I don't know. Uh, it's a thing, man. It's a thing. True so crime is always Dateline. interesting. I like them. I like them when they're sanitized and explained. I was talking to somebody who like listens to, like the. How They Murder People podcast, and I was like, no, that's not really my bit. But, like, I do like when someone tells the whole story from start to finish. They did this, then they went there, and then he murdered her, and this is why he needed the money. And I'm like, okay, all right, interesting. Uh, they did one the other day, though, where the guy's accused of murder, but he hasn't gone on trial yet. Ooh. Wait, hold on. Yeah, I was like, well, that doesn't feel... You're allowed to do that? I don't know, man. Like, the wife is missing. They still haven't found the body. He has been arrested. The trial's coming up this summer. Um, and the case against the husband is crap. Like, Dateline spends the last five, six minutes before they tell you that he's on trial, punching the holes in the prosecution's case for them, for the defense. I didn't know you were allowed to do that. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're daylight, you do whatever you want. I just, wa- I was watching it. I mean, like, who's going to stop you? But I mean, like, if I was, man, that, that's really weird. Yeah. Because yeah. usually these stories are like, and this happened in 2003. And you're like, well, that makes sense why there's no cell phone video, but. Right. No, this one, like, he's he's out of town. The wife goes missing. Uh, but he had left early that morning. So he's the last one to see her alive. Blah 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 blah, and but like the trial hasn't even started yet, and Dateline's like, "Is he the killer? Will we ever know?" And then like they go to credits. So I'm like, "Well, not like this." <laughs> it's the worst murder mystery ever. Yeah, because it's not done. I was like, "What?" But, <laughs> it's like waiting for like the season two of a show, but it's real life. <laughs> kind of. Like, now I gotta follow a murder trial in Colorado? Like, what? come you on. See, you love to see it. And then it's almost like, why did they even do the story? Must have been a really slow murder week. Like, <laughs> like 
But they couldn't just go back and do one that was solved already, like every other episode. Like what? What made this unfinished one so particular? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's a really, it's a really strange world we live in, where that is allowed to happen. <laughs> like, because his name's always going to be tied to it now. Oh, for sure. Especially, it'll be even weirder if he didn't do it. Because then he's got to go on Dateline and be like, "Yeah, I kept telling you guys I didn't do it." It's like, yeah, and they couldn't. <laughs> the worst part would be if he went in there. It's like, yeah, they couldn't prove it, and then you're like. Whoa, what does that mean? And then he just leaves. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they can't, they can't change you because of double jeopardy. Like, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. That'd be crazy. Double jeopardy. Can't try me twice for the same crime. There's a whole movie about that, and they get the whole concept of it wrong. Got him. Because she keeps saying, like, I could shoot you in the middle of Mardi Gras, and no one can do anything about it. And it's like, well, no, that would. That would be a different murder. Uh, they would probably just vacate the first murder. <laughs> it's like, that's not how any of this works. It's okay. Right. A lack of understanding of the legal system is integral to making our stories make more sense. Absolutely. All right, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got just a couple minutes left of Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. Hey, guys. Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio letting you guys know about Dragon's Lair's gaming schedule. Every Monday, they've got Magic the Gathering Commander going on. And on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, they have Dungeons and Dragons. That's what I get down on. Uh, Warhammer on Fridays, as well as Friday Night Magic. Every Friday, as well as monthly tournaments. Dragon's Layers, where nerds go to get their game on. Right there at Luetta and 249. 211-51 State Highway, 249, Houston, Texas, 77070. What's up, all you nerds out there in Radio Land? This is Corey DLG with his usual little brother, Nico. That's me. That's you. That's you. Um, yeah, so before we go any further, we want to tell everybody to check out the Adventure Begins comics, games, and more. Go to their Roku page and make sure to um, check it out. They got all kinds of videos posted there. They're turning turning my guy Chaz into a superstar on all the different streaming stuff they got going on right there on the Adventure Begins comics, games, and more Roku page. Spend a couple minutes checking that out. Uh, you won't regret it. It's fun. It's awesome. They're great stories. Check them out. Speaking of great stores, this week, uh, last week, we were at Dragon's Lair for their grand opening. Big grand fancy. reopening, I should say. I was going to say, like, they were open before, Corey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, massive store, man. Massive store. It's, it's super cool. And they're already a big store to begin with. So moving into an even bigger one is is impressive. Pretty sweet, not going to lie. Um, check out our Facebook page. We got pictures posted up there from our time hanging out there. Uh, we of course saw, uh, Rob, the owner. He's awesome. There's all kinds of cool people, fun people. And then more importantly, we did bump into a longtime friend of the show, Rob Guillory. Yeah. It was nice seeing him again after like, like last time I saw him was like five years ago. I feel like. And he was, I mean, he was almost exactly the same. I feel like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had an interesting conversation with him. We got to hang out with him. One thing that we take away from, that I took away from it that I thought was really funny is, uh, we won't go into specifics because I think there's things he didn't want out in public and all that, but the number of times Chew has been optioned. Love it. He was like, yeah, it's been optioned a couple times now. And, uh, he's like, yeah, but and we started talking about it and like, <sighs> You kind of care, like you have a bit of a vested interest in it, right? Because if it gets made, you get paid even more. 
but they already pay you just to even have the option. So he's been paid a couple of times to to do nothing like with this option, like which is kind of a what a what a neat problem to have. Yeah, uh, and like, and like, yeah, it sucks because like it means that they have like the power, like they're like oh, okay, but like no one else can have this for right now. But like, and it's like if you really wanted to make it, like you just wait, right? Well, that's sort of the thing, right? So Robert Kirkman, The Walking Dead, uh, had always been searching for the right partner, and that's why they—I don't believe they ever optioned until they actually finally did option with AMC. But that was what got us on our conversation with it—is talking about how like Kirkman is the motor that makes that work, and I totally buy that because you see these people sometimes take options and then do nothing with it, or ruin it, or do weird, or make weird choices with everything. Um. Yeah, I mean, it It definitely, in one part, it's probably a lot of fun, right? Because here's $20,000, we might we might give you another 100000 and make this into a movie. Oh, okay. And then on the other level, it's probably a little frustrating where you're like, you kind of almost hope they don't make a movie because like, I don't know that I want these guys to make the movie. Right, or like, oh man, I can't wait to see what they do, and then no one ever touches it for however long the option lasts for. <laughs> right, yeah. And you're like, well, I'm glad months. to see everyone cared so much about my work that they ignored it for three years. <laughs> <laughs> see, and that's the hard part. Like, can you take these things personal? And really, you shouldn't. That's just kind of part of the industry. Um, but we've been, uh, I reached out to Rob behind the scenes. Hopefully, we'll have some more fun. Maybe we'll get him on the show, and then we'll have some conversations with him. Maybe we'll do like a longer version behind the scenes kind of a thing. Uh, all that being said, thanks for hanging out and listening to us again. Thanks for coming in and checking us out every single week. We appreciate you. Make sure to like, subscribe, and all the different stuff. Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. On Spotify, we're Nerd Thug Radio. Check us out. We're hanging out every week with you guys, having a great time. Stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Y'all have a great day. <laughs>